there, I'm Jolyn McCarthy and welcome to Two Question Tuesday. Each week, Two Question Tuesday answers randomly picked questions submitted by our clients. Answering this week's questions, we have with us Phil D'Angelo, Managing Director of Focus Wealth Management, and Mike Pisani, Director of Financial Planning. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Jolyn. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. All right, Phil, our first question is from Chris in New York. You recently mentioned Europe in a past Two Question Tuesday. What are your sentiments now on emerging markets? Yeah, so historically, emerging markets are cheap um, when you look at the growth rates because of demographics, right? They have a younger population. I think about 90% of the world's population that's under 30 years old lives in emerging markets. Uh, the IMF has forecasted growth rates in developed uh, countries throughout the world at about 3.5%. Uh, emerging markets, it's about 5.5%. So long term, uh, there are some very good values there. We also know that right now, uh, obviously, uh, with the with the COVID pandemic, uh, they've had a tough time. You know, some of the world's largest emerging markets, Brazil, uh, India, et cetera, have had a very tough time, uh, uh, Vietnam right now, uh, with, with the disease. With that said, I would think that there are certainly um, attractive entry points uh, to emerging markets. Uh, we have not picked them up yet. Uh, I, I think Europe is more of a value here uh, with, with a tilt towards dividends and good cash flow and probably will emerge out of this quicker uh, than the emerging markets. Uh, longer term, emerging markets are more volatile. So when you look at, you know, maybe where the overall markets are in the cycle uh, and wanting to dampen volatility in clients' portfolios, uh, adding emerging markets also increases client uh, potential for volatility, uh, which, you know, we're we're wary of coming into the seasonal time of year where the markets are, are more volatile. Long term, uh, you know, good times to, to certainly purchase those and, and have a, a key position. Um, but short term, I would just wait a little bit. Okay, Mike, our next question is from Scott in New Mexico. Why are yields going down with inflation running so high? I think there's three realistic reasons that yields are starting to go down, um, and I'll start to touch on them a little bit. Obviously, the 10-year Treasury peaked at about 1.75, 1.8% earlier this year, and it's down about 40 basis points since then. And that's a pretty significant move considering the low uh, level of rates where we're at right now. And I think part of it has to do with the, with the fact that the inflation readings are going to peak right around now. Um, the base effects of COVID, when you compare the CPI on a year-over-year -year basis, should start to ease because a lot of the metrics were accelerating one year ago pre versus when you look back, um, have started to accelerate one year ago versus when you look back at that April, May, June time period, inflation really hadn't started to pick up yet. So. That's one factor that has to do with it. The second factor, I think, has to do with the fact that globally, we still haven't emerged from the issue that is COVID. And I think that the global rates of growth, every time that we start to try to move a little bit higher, that slows things down a little bit globally, because globally, you still have these starts and stops. Um, South Africa and Australia have had to basically uh, close certain things, shut their borders at a different time. So 
the emergence of the new Delta variant definitely has spooked certain areas of the market. And third, and probably most important, in my opinion, is the fact that I actually think that the, with the uh, state of the United States recovery, you're starting to hear more conversations about the Federal Reserve tapering and slowing its bond purchase program. Every single time that the Fed has tapered its bond purchase program, rates have gone down, not up, going all the way back to QE1 under Bernanke. So the expectation at some point in the future, remember, markets are forward pricing mechanisms. So they're going to price, the interest rates are going to price in that peak inflation before it actually happens, start to discount the rate of change slowing. And then probably even next year, when that taper discussion accelerates even more, markets are going to price that in before that actually happens as well. So what you're probably looking at is a circumstance where the markets feel that that taper is a real thing and they're start, it's starting to price in rates going back down as a result of the taper. So I think that has a lot to do with it. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you both for answering this week's two questions. If you have a question you'd like to submit, please email us at jmccarthy at focusedwealthmgmt.com. Stay safe and we will see you next week.